go. What's going on, guys? Host Dustin Instruction here, and welcome back to another episode of United by Wrestling Podcast, baby. As you can see today, I'm riding solo, solo, solo. You gotta get the Jason Drulo reference in there because you already know he the goat. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. He ain't the goat. He ain't the goat. So, um, as you know, just some. Uh, first off, so I just got done. All right. So let's be honest with here with you guys for a second. I literally just got done recording and live streaming on YouTube and saying the same exact thing I'm about to say on here, but I want to get the audio up for you guys because I don't have a I don't have a Sony Vegas, so I kinda have to do it this way, so be nice on me. <laughs> Please don't don't be too hard on me. I try my best. So that's all I can ask for is going in with an empty mind knowing I'm literally recording again right off the same show. So I want to get, before we get too far ahead, just some housekeeping out of the way. So we got this week, not this week, but the week after, sorry, I guess it is this week. This next Saturday... We have our first guest appearances, which will be on um, a different podcast. We've never, believe it or not, been on another podcast before. Uh, they haven't, they haven't announced it yet, so I'm not gonna ruin it. But yeah, we're gonna have our first ever guest appearance. That should be fun, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, things pan out. Uh, secondly. Once again, if things pan out, fingers crossed, I don't like to confirm, you know, until it's all said and done. But we have our first pro wrestler guest lined up for next Sunday, which is the same exact day as Money in the Bank. So there will not be a Money in the Bank, uh, there will not be a Money in the Bank review show as we're no longer doing prediction shows because we don't have enough time to promote it. But there will not be a Money in the Bank prediction show or review show because we want to... We want to solely focus on the wrestlers and guests because the guys doing it in the ring shouldn't just get all the attention. So I just want to put that out there. That's the homework. That's what's going on. Uh, at the end of the show, I will break down kind of what the next few weeks are looking like. And hopefully I won't be alone because this is fun. Recording straight from YouTube and going immediately right back. Immediately right back to... <laughs> anchor to do this but you know when you got when life hands you lemons you turn it into lemonade so hopefully you guys enjoyed the show so we are reviewing now we're on the show we are reviewing red pro high stakes pretty solid pay-per-view first time watching a red pro pay-per-view i really enjoyed it i'll give my rant in the first match of the night we got giselle shaw versus zoe zoe lucas for the undisputed british women's title match Zell Shaw won, and, you know, okay, cool, someone and new, but, you know, let me break it down for you why this is a significant victory. So Lucas <laughs> held the title for 439 days. That's right, 439 days. That's a crazy title, and that's more than a year. I don't know how, that's like almost like, what, a year and a month, two months? Point is, that's a long time, and you know who she beat for that? Who Zoe Lucas beat for the title? Jamie Hader, and I believe Jamie Hader is on AW. Unfortunately, she's not getting used, which sucks. 
you know, it's kind of a mess over after women's division a little bit. But that's just the significance. It's a big, you know, win for uh, Giselle Shaw. She joins a good group, and she beat a champion that pretty much for a year and a couple months was pretty much damn near unstoppable. But the match itself, you had, you know, this is the rematch. AST had a match. Giselle Shaw came up short in their first match at RevPro New Year's Revolution, I believe it was called. And she lost via title belt to the back of the head from Zoe Lucas. So this whole match, you have them teasing that. And that spot came up at the end of the show. You know, Zoe Lucas threatened to hit, you know, Giselle Shaw. Not threatened. Giselle Shaw's back was turned. Zoe Lucas pulled out the title and was going to hit her. Ref caught it. But, you know, have no fear. Zoe Lucas, the master heel she is, had another title belt. So she was going to try the same thing, but Jamie Hayter, I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, I, I this is going to get really bad. Giselle Shaw caught it and put in a deep, deep, deep arm bar and won the match. Made Zoe, Zoe Lucas the champion at $439, jeez, 439 days tap out in the middle of the ring. And you know, that's a big win, but the match itself, I actually also really enjoyed. You know, Zoe Lucas and Giselle Shaw, they work really well together. Zoe Lucas is playing the spoiled, and this is a hate, I'm a, I actually like it. I'm starting to become a fan of her, but this is kind of what her gimmick seems to be like. A um, self-entitled dramatic hill bitch, I guess. You know, spoiled, I guess is not self-entitled, you know, spoiled bitch, kind of a diva, and... You know, she's sitting there, she's, you know, throwing hissy fits when she doesn't get the free count, like, about to have a meltdown, you know, doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, trying to cheat, you know, the, really she was doing the heel syphilis, trying to cheat the win, you know, hence the title belt spot, but no, she, you know, she caught it, just all shot, you know, overcame it, made the heel tap out right in the middle of the ring and ended a long, long, long reign, and I really, you know, obviously with Rev Pro and any wrestling right now that ain't W and AEW, no one's really working. But when they get back after this, you know, pandemic's over, I really look forward to kind of seeing what's next for Giselle Shaw's title reign. You know, she's been champion for 79 days now, but really it's probably been like a month because shows haven't been going. So I'm curious to see where they go. I'm curious to see what Zoe Lucas goes and does now. You know, is she done? Is she going to take some time off from Rev Pro? Is she going to work other stuff? Or is she going to come back for the title? <laughs> It's good, you know, I wouldn't mind a trilogy match. They're both, you know, very good matches. And I recommend it to anybody else that might be watching. Up next, we got Dan Maloney versus Jeff Cobb. Um, This match was very good. I just want to say this about Jeff Cobb. The dude is built, and he always has been. I've known, you know, I am a fan of Jeff Cobb. I'm just, it's really always amazes me. He's like built like a truck compactor. You know, he doesn't have, like, the Batista body or the John body. You know, he's ripped. But, you know, he's, like, built. Like, well-rounded. And so, seeing kind of interesting, the beginning spot where him and Dan Maloney were trying to do shoulder tackles to budge each other. Mostly Dan Maloney was trying to budge Jeff Cobb and couldn't. So, it's kind of a filling out game. Kind of a fun little way to start the match. And, you know, some of the feats of strength. You know, you have freaking... You have Jeff Cobb, if I'm remembering this spot right, I hope it's the right spot. He 
did a delayed suplex holding Dan Maloney up on it, hit the suplex, delayed suplex, and guy kicked out, Maloney kicked out, and Jeff Cobb did a, you know, standing shooting star, standing moonsault. A guy that size does the same, you know, moonsault. I don't think people realize how impressive that is if they see, you know, how big Jeff Cobb is. But um, Dan Maloney got the victory. And you can, you know, with a uh, kind of sit-out tombstone power driver kind of thing, which is kind of funny. Well, not funny, but impressive. But it's kind of weird seeing a package power tombstone, it sure seemed like. He won a match. You know, you can tell that the announcers, Dan Maloney must be like an upcoming guy. Or, you know, at least a fan favorite. I don't know who he is. I'm ashamed to say it. I don't know who Dan Maloney is. But he must be some kind of upcoming wrestler you know, homegrown talent or something, because the announcers were really, really praising him, really talking up how he beat Rhino, and if he beats Jeff Cobb, he could possibly challenge for the title down the future, whether it's Zack Sabre or Will Ospreay, we'll get to that at the end. They're really building him up, which is great to see. I really enjoy that he has some good rework. So, we'll see. We'll see if he comes up, you know, to be one of the next contenders, or we'll see if he faces another Rhino or Jeff Cobb to keep, you know, Establishing himself as a legit contender, being some of the best in the world, you know that's a great thing. So once again, when Ref Pro opens up shop, you know after this whole pandemic's over, it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys go and what's next for them. And what's you know Jeff Cobb? I don't think he's a mainstay on the roster. You know I think he's floating around doing all bunch of stuff. You know he was on AEW and hasn't showed up since. He's on he was on this. So I don't know if he's gonna have much to do after. This match, but I'm curious to see where uh, Maloney goes. Up next, we got Ricky Knight Jr. versus Robbie X for the SWE Speed King title. And I think if anybody listens to this on Anchor, Spotify, whatever, I believe Ricky Knight is the brother of Paige. I, not that it matters. I just found it was cool. I didn't honestly didn't know that, but I guess it doesn't surprise me because the Knight family has a. You know, they're a big deal over in the UK. And so, it shouldn't surprise me that they have a whole bunch of people wrestling. But this match was quick and, you know, fast-paced. You know, hence, you know, it's a first Speed King title, which I'm assuming is that promotion's version of the Cruiserweight 205 title kind of thing. Um, I like the match. You know, I'm not a huge Lucha Libre guy. I like it. But, you know... A lot of those guys don't sell. You know, they only worry about spots and stuff. They don't sell the moves. You know, you get someone jumping on you from 20 feet above, and when the person the person they hit on hit the move on just gets right up. I hate that. But these guys didn't do too much of that. You know, they made their moves matter, which was nice to see. You know, a lot of cool moon salts. You know, a lot of springboard cutters, moons. You know, running shooting stars. You name it, they had it. You know, Ricky Knight, the set up the finish, did this big kick, like penalty kick thing to Robbie X. And Robbie X sold that like a champ. You know, he was walking like Frankenstein out of it and it dropped. And that's pretty much when Ricky Knight has finished her. Once again, another kind of weird variation of a pile driver. So I'm not sure what it is with <laughs> Ref Pro, but, you know, they, so, a lot of wrestlers sure seem to like the whole package pile driver. And, or, you know, tombstone. Kind of weird combinations of that. 
But Ricky Knight won with that. You know, his dad was in the attendance, which was big for him. And I think they're really going to push him. You know, he's young, talented, and I think they're setting him up to kind of be a star. I don't know if he's a Rev Pro mainstay. So once again, when this pandemic's over, we'll see when Rev Pro starts back up, what they do with Ricky Knight, if he was just kind of there or if he's kind of a bigger thing. I look forward to it, and I hope you guys too. I really hope you guys check out Rev Pro. I, this is doing anything for you. Hopefully, you'll check that out, you know. Any wrestling, just other promotions in general, that aren't the big two or whatever. Big three, New Japan's considered big. You know, any of them, that's not that. You know, all should get checked out. You know, even if it's our old stuff, hit that subscribe. You know, help them out during this hard time kind of right now. Up next, we got a no disqualification match between L.A. Park and Eddie Kingston. It was awesome to see Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie Kingston. He's a badass. But I feel embarrassing, embarrassed to say this. I really don't know much about L.A. Park. Um, they were saying he was a Lucha Libre legend, so I feel awful for not knowing that. But this match was just kind of weird to me. You, know, you have L.A. Park. He's called a chairman. He walks down with a chair to the ring. Obviously, they fight. You know, He's going to hit Eddie with it. But see, like a triple threat match. They're beating on the referee nonstop, hitting him with chairs, clotheslining him. Throwing him around. Honestly, it felt more like a triple threat match and a 1v1 match, and that felt like there was no referee half the time. You know, they're slugging it, beating each other out. Ellie Park was doing some weird dance to the ring, and after it, uh, he ended up winning the match because some guy, and I don't understand, it's so weird, Mad Kurt. Yeah, his name's Mad Kurt, and I'll break down him. After, because he's in literally the next match after this. Helped L.A. Park win. You know, he hit a low blow on Eddie Kingston. And L.A. Park speared Eddie Kingston through a table. Which Eddie Kingston sold really well. And then, you know, L.A. Park and Mad Kurt were doing this weird dance in the ring. I don't quite understand. I'm guessing Mad Kurt must be some new wrestler. Kind of a comedy gimmick. But they were doing that. And I think... I can't remember the guy that was out there trying to help Mad Kurt get out of L.A. Park's spotlight, but he was out there trying to stop Mad Kurt from dancing in the ring while L.A. Park was standing. And instead, L.A. Park took a chair and just absolutely cracked that McGee guy in the face. Because like I said, I think his name's McGee. I'm sorry if I don't know it. Hopefully you guys forgive me on that. But they didn't really, obviously they didn't feature him very much. The feature was on Mad Kurt and uh, L.A. Park. So, all right, up next, we got a six-way scramble match and that will be that will be uh hold on skype recorder acting up continue recording and uh, let's go so we got a six-way scramble match mark haskins with his wife vicky haskins versus carlos romo versus chris brooks versus hickleo from the bullet club versus kyle fletcher and mad kurt so I want to talk about this Mad Kurt character for a second. He's a tall, pale, white, pale dude that comes out with a red cape. And his entrance is literally him doing the whole Batista kind of like machine gun thing. I don't know if that's what he's going for or not. <laughs> and then, you know, so that's that. That's goofy enough. And then he's, you know, sitting there dabbing. And I didn't even know dabbing was a thing anymore. I thought that died like last year. But he was doing that. <laughs> So I don't know like if he's some like new guy that just you know graduated pro wrestling school and they kind of 
gave him this gimmick to help pay his dues or something. But he's like a generic version of Orange Cassidy, I guess. You know, in the match, you know, he was... And now talk about the match. We'll talk about what he was doing in the match to kind of prove that. He tried to hit a Superman punch. And you know it was a Superman punch because he did the ooh-ooh-ah thing and cocked up. And then he walked over to the guy. I can't remember what guy. I think it was uh, Carlos Romo, I think. Walked up and softly punched him in the face with a Superman punch. Like, by barely grazing him, barely touching him. Obviously, the guy didn't flinch. And then, they're in a spot where he was doing a whole bunch of, like, like he was playing pancake on the dude's chest. All five guys just standing there. Like, he was trying to do open hand slaps. And he was just like, get off me, get off me, get off me. Kind of like the people trying to shoo him away. Like, you get away from me. He was kind of doing that kind of slap on him. And they were completely no something. It kind of reminded me of the Orange Cassidy super kicks. Where he winds up and kicks him right in the ankle barely. Kind of reminded me of that. It was kind of weird. So, obviously, those guys five, they all took their open hands and all five of them hit Matt Kurt in the chest. And that had to hurt so much because open hand slaps hurt like a bitch. So, that was that for him. And then Matt Kurt got taken out of the way because Eddie Kingston came out and drove him out of the match after, you know, what Matt Kurt did to Eddie Kingston cost him the match. So, Matt Kurtz out of the way. You got the rest of the guys doing their spots. Chris Brooks did this really cool submission thing, which I was kind of confused. Um, you know, they kept talking about hopefully he doesn't lose and go out that way before he goes on a year-long excursion to Japan. I wasn't sure what that quite was about. So once again, if anybody wants to let me know, give me a tweet on uh, our Twitter, United by UTD by Wrestling. Let me know like what the excursion was going on because I was confused. So... You knew he wasn't going to win, so I wasn't paying too much of him. But then you got Hikaleo, you know, from the Bullet Club, picking up, throwing people all around, showing his strength. He's impressive, man. He didn't win, but he was very, very impressive. You know, picking up people, doing double power bombs, you know, throwing them around like ragdolls, you know, suplexes. You know, he didn't win, but I would say it was definitely a good showcase for him. He definitely came out looking great. But, you know, obviously, since he's part of a big-time brand, you know, as a Bullet Club, you don't want him to come out there and look stupid. Uh, that Brooks guy, like I said, did that cool four-person submission. Had, like, a guy in a abdominal stretch and then a headlock at the same time. They had two guys down giving each other leg locks because his legs were holding one of them down. The other guy's legs were holding the other guy down. Everybody was in that except for Mark Haskins. And that's because Mark Haskins was playing a great heel role and pretty much... Haskins seemed to spend most of the time laying on the back outside the ring. He wasn't very active till the end to finish. So we're getting to the end. You have everybody hitting their moves on each other. And Haskins, he's coming up for the finisher. His wife, Vicky, is distracting the ref. And Gideon Gray, the manager for the Legion, comes in. Hits Haskins in the back with, I mean, not Haskins, I'm bad. Fletcher, I believe, in the back with like a stick. I'm not sure what the hell it was, like a stick or something like that. Just clocked him in the back. And Haskins, you know, once again, kind of another weird finish. It looked like a kind of package power guy. Kind of looked weird, but he had his finisher on him with the assistance from Gideon Gray and Mark Haskins wins. And I like Mark Haskins. I'm curious to see where he goes at. But he won the scramble match. 
I honestly wasn't sure if it was for anything or it was just a way to showcase several wrestlers and get several wrestlers on the card together. I'm not sure kind of what was going on with that, but he won that. We'll see what his next move in because once again, like all the other wrestlers, we're, they're all stuck kind of right now. Like everybody else is having to social distance and stuff. So when things open up, we'll see where Mike Haskins goes from there. <laughs> Matt Kurt, I don't know. We'll see where he goes from there. We'll see where Chris books, what that excursion's about. That's kind of my weird things. All right, up next, we got the Rev Pro Undisputed British Tag Team titles. We had the Legion versus Damian Dunn and David Starr. So this is my first time ever watching David Starr, you know, Mr. Indie Wrestling, and which I'm ashamed to say that. And I was, I was kind of sad because it wasn't much of a showcase for him. The Legion kind of dominated that whole match. You know, Damian Dunn and David Starr got a few bursts of offense, but really nothing big in there. You know, they got like a 619 kind of DDT thing. It was mostly the Legion working together, hitting all their moves, and Gideon out there. And, yeah, David Starr didn't get much offense in. But the ending of that was, uh, you had, once again, Mark Haskins, I don't know if he was kind of, uh, Made an alliance with the Legion, but he came out, low blowed Damian Dunn, and gave his finisher to David Starr, and then the Legion pinned. I think it's kind of, I'm guessing the Legion must be a new faction that they're trying to really build strong. You know, they're obviously the tag team champions, and still, the British tag team champions, the Legion. They're obviously the tag team champions, Haskins aligning with them. You know, they've had some. Other presents. I just started watching Red Press. I don't know what they are, but I can tell this whole card they're spending a lot of time into building up the Legion. So it's curious to see what they're doing with that. But unfortunately, David Starr lost, and I did not get to really see a showcase. So I was curious to see what he was all about. So I'm going to have to, I guess, find some of his other work somewhere else, which I look forward to because I hear a lot of great things about good old David Starr. Up next, we got. The Rev Pro Undisputed British Cruiserweight Tile Match. Now, this is interesting. On here, they actually have the wrestling news. Because I, I have the card pulled up because, you know, I watch it, but I'm not great with orders. So, on this card I have pulled up, they have the Wrestling News Observer ranking for the match. And it's a four out of four and a quarter star match. So, if you care what Dave Meltzer says, that's what it is, apparently. So... <laughs> Onto the match. It's Michael Oku versus El Fantasmo for the British Cruiserweight title. This match was insane. If it weren't for the main event, which the main event was a match of the year candidate, this match would have probably been easily the best. You, know, you had Oku, who, once again, another young guy that they're building up as you know, a fan favorite. You know, He's came close to the title, but he's never been able to win it. You have El Fantasmo, who's part of the Bullet Club, has his dominance, been the dominant champion. And, you know, he's playing a perfect heel, you know, out of the gate, right when Oku gets in the ring, he turns his back, and Phantasmo clocks him with the title belt straight in the back of the head before the bell rings. So, awesome, great heel maneuver right after the gate. Bell rings, he hits him with the GTS. So, I guess that's a tribute to his fellow Bull Club member, Kenta. And I noticed Phantasmo is sure working in a lot of former and current Bullet Club members because he hit that. And later on the match, he hit a Styles Clash from the top rope. And Oku kicked out. If that's not good enough, he was hitting V-Triggers. And tried to hit a one-winged angel. He was throwing everything at Oku because he couldn't put Oku down. 
Oki was obviously building off the journal. He was a match favorite. People are doing their Oku, 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 Oku chants. You know, the fans were slowly behind him. You know, flipping off Phantasmo. You know, because, you know, England fans are the best. I love England fans. Their crowds are the best. They bring it every time. It really gets invested in this show. They were really invested in it. The announcer's investment. Phantasmo was, you know, he tried to hit Oku with the title belt. You know, he didn't. If, he, Oku, if I remember right, Oku hit, kicked it out of his hands. Oku picked up like he was going to do it. And he didn't. He threw down his move on, his finisher on the... Phantasmo put Phantasmo in a single A Boston Crab. Yeah. I, it's kind of cool. You know, the single like Boston Crab was a, is his his submission finisher, believe it or not. And, you know, he put it in D. That thing looked like it hurt. So Phantasmo tapped out. But I was just shocked to see someone still using a single A Boston Crab. I'm a big submission guru, and everybody seems to use that in their moveset to work the leg. And it's kind of like, it's been overblown. To see someone kind of protect and use it as a finisher is kind of cool. So, Michael Oku is your new British Cruiserweight champion. He joins. This is a, you know, I can see why it's important and emotional. He jumps in the crowd. He's celebrating. I can see why. Because, you know, just read some of the names that he's added on the list with, you know, David Starr, Flash Morgan Webster, Will Ospreay, Pete Dunne, and uh, Prince Devitt and Marty Scroll. Look at those names that have been a British Undisputed Cruiserweight champion. That's some who's who in professional wrestling. So maybe Michael Oku, maybe he'll take the next step. Maybe he'll become a big star in the professional wrestling scene. I hope so. I love seeing new people succeed. But we'll see because, once again, his title reign has been kind of slowed down to the pandemic. So when that, everything starts up, we'll see. But I'm happy for the kid. Not the kid. You know, he's probably He'd kick my ass. So I'm happy for him that he got his big moment. You know, he overcame El Fantasmo. You know, he was being a heel and doing everything to win. And nothing was stopping him this night. Didn't matter how many submissions, no matter how many other people's finishers, no matter how many ways Phantasma tried to cheat. Oku won. It's like he was working off adrenaline. You know, the desire to win that title that's been eluding him. The fans rallying in his corner. You know, you can tell he... He did it for them. So it was an awesome match. I really suggest that, you know. He put it seven and four. I put it at eight out of ten at least. Phenomenal match. <laughs> Pun intended because the styles clash is used. Up next, we got the undisputed British heavyweight title. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. This match had big fight feel all over it. You know, right out of the gate, you know, Will Ospreay comes back to Rev Pro. People are, you know, Singing, oh, Osprey, 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 Osprey. You got people singing that. And then, you know, the champ comes out, Zack Sabre Jr. I never want to compare anyone to John Cena because no one can. This is indie things. They're completely different. But he gets kind of a, he's a champion of, you know, Rev Pro. He's obviously, I guess, a heel, which I'm a big Zack Sabre Jr. fan. I love the guy. Obviously, he's working as a heel. You have people singing, you know, Suck Sabre Jr. So they're singing that. But then people are saying sucks. So it's kind of like the let's go Cena, Cena sucks kind of thing. So it's kind of a unique development to have towards the match. But So, you know, you had a big fight feel. You know, Will Ospreay has his two coaches who are helping him train not to let his body give up. You know, because apparently, this was before I started watching Red Pro, they had a match previous 
that Will's in. His body passed out. Zack Sabre made him pass out, so he couldn't continue. So apparently he went and hired some coaches, got his body condition, more muscle, really put a lot of time and effort into getting this match the best they can, and it delivered. Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, they work so well together because both are some of the best wrestlers in the world. I would say Will Ospreay is number three behind uh, Kenny Omega and Okada, and you can fight me about that if you want to. But I'm <laughs> just joking. Everyone's opinion. But I think he's top three in the world. And you have Zack Sabre Jr., who's an ultimate catch wrestling technician, which is my favorite style. I absolutely love it. But the thing about them, too, is they can adapt to each other's style. You know, in this match, you had Will Ospreay, even though he's very known for being a high flyer, doing, you know, some catch wrestling. And then, you know, you have Zack Sabre that can, you know, lead the spots, so, you know, let Ospreay do his, you know, flips and stuff. You know, you had that. You know, Will Ospreay can adapt to Zack Sabre's style, and Zack Sabre can, you know, be in the right spots and, you know, make Will Ospreay look great. So, one thing I love, you know, Zack Sabre was relentless in this match. You know, he did not stop, and you until the end, where you can see Will Ospreay, the babyface, was kind of getting into him. It was set up to let him win. Zack Sabre was working every body part. You know, this isn't just this match. This is everything he does. He does not stop moving. Okay. I'm working your arm. All right, you get out of it. Cool, I'll start working your leg, okay? You don't want you to work? I'll put you in a head scissors around your neck and start working your head and neck. Like, he does not stop moving. He'll move on you, and if he happens to go for the pin, you kick out, boom, straight into a submission. No rest time for Zack Sabre Jr. He was putting pressure on Will Ospreay the whole match. Pretty much neutralized Will Ospreay's high-flying offense. You know, he was doing good old ground and pound storytelling in the ring, you know. Not laying, he did not want the, you know, babyface who got the, you know, hometown welcome to come in there while he, the champ, has been, you know, defending and stuff. Coming in there and, you know, willing himself to the uh, victory. He wanted to keep him grounded. He wanted to beat him on his own. You know, he wanted to decisive finish, not let Osprey pass out again, I'm sure. You know, because people would be like, oh, you didn't beat him. He wanted to beat Will Osprey. But Osprey, though, he would not stay down. He was feeding off the crowd, you know. He was doing this weird spot where Zack Sabre would, you know, do, like, these weird versions. They call them the ZSJ kicks. But he was, you know, doing that. And every time he hit a kick, he would, you know, kind of look around because he was starting to get cocky and I think a little frustrated. But he would look, turn around and Will Ospreay sits up like The Undertaker. Now, I don't know. Is that something that's part of Will Ospreay's normal shtick? Like, that's kind of interesting. So, he was doing that. Tried to put Osprey in another, you know, submission. Osprey kicks out. And that's kind of when Osprey, you know, he, you know, had those little kicks. And that's when he started getting his offense. And, you know, at the end, he won because, you know, he hit, he grounded well Osprey with his springboard. Oh, my God. It's like a cutter. Let me look it up. Because it's going to bother me. Let me look it up. It's like a springboard cutter. He hit that Oscutter, cutter. I think it, yeah, it looks like it's called Oscutter. cutter. He hit that, and then he did that gnarly um, backwards elbow to the back of the head, and then he hit the um, Stormbreaker, his new finisher. Apparently, he just pulled it out. He hit the Stormbreaker on ZSJ. Ref counts one, two. Free and new undisputed British heavyweight championship will 
Osprey. And you know, Osprey, you know, denounces Zerfil for a whole bunch of motion because apparently he's been on this journey to defend ZSJ and win the British Heavyweight Championship that's eluded him for a whole long time. And he joins the list of, once again, the who's who's. You know, this means you're getting big time. I win this title in Rev Pro. He joins Tanahashi, Ishii, Minoru Suzuki. Let's keep going down. Shibata, AJ Styles, Marty Skrull, and Colt Cabana. Now you can add Will Ospreay to that list of champions. So obviously you can see why you want it. It means a lot. When you win that tell, it kind of, you know, is something. So I'm curious. I'm curious, you know, do we get more ZSJ and Will Ospreay? When, you know, shows come back over there? Or do we get, you know, Will Ospreay versus... Mark Haskins, like they might be kind of, you know, attributing to, or do we get Will Ospreay versus Dan Maloney? Those are kind of the matches they're talking about possibly being in line for another title match. So I'm curious, and I'm really curious in watching more Rev Pro when shows get started. I would probably rate this match, this, uh, well, not match, the whole card, a 7 out of 10. It was pretty solid, you know, all the matches were great, but there's a couple of matches I feel kind of lackluster and held it down a little bit. I love Eddie Kingston, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the match of LA Park was just random and thrown together. You know, it seemed more of like a spot on how, who can beat up the referee more, to be honest. The referee was taking almost more, as much bumps, if not more, than Eddie Kingston or LA Park. And then the whole freaking Mad Kurt thing was stupid. The uh, six-way scramble match was pretty good. You know, I think the right winner won. But, you know, I don't know. I just, the Mad Kurt thing, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. But I enjoyed that match. The other only other match I didn't like, and it wasn't because it was like, I, I, can, I feel like I see where the booking they're going on that is, is the Legion versus David Starr and Damian Dunn. It just... I think they're trying to showcase the Legion, but you know I couldn't get invested because I feel like they were just dominating the whole thing. You know, I was really hoping to see some David Starr get some offense in, but that didn't happen. So instead, we got a Legion beating, and they did their job. Mark Haskins came in. I think that's part of it that doesn't make sense. It's like, what's the association of Mark Haskins? Like, is he with Gideon Gray? Is he with the Legion? Like, they have a pact. That part's interesting. And it'll be interesting to see where that kind of goes down the road when shows open up. So that match kind of held it down for me a tad bit. But other than that, you know, Giselle Shaw and Zoe Lucas were a great women's match. You know, Giselle Shaw, you know, thrown to champion four in 39 days. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. was a match of the year candidate. You know, I would say Michael Oku versus El Fantasmo was probably 8 out of 10, you know, straight wrestling. Heel versus babyface, good storytelling in the ring. You know, a guy, you know, a young guy winning a title that several greats have held and possibly propelling himself, you know, being a guy from the Bullet Club, too. You know, Phantasma, who's great in his own right. You know, Dan Baloney possibly getting his big push towards the title, you know, beating Jeff Cobb and Rhino. So there's a lot of interesting elements to see where they go. So it'll be a fun. I really do suggest uh, Rev Pro to anybody. If you like some British style wrestling, if you're looking for a new um, 
kind of promotion or just some kind of wrestling to watch, you know, why not check them out? As you can see, you know, they've had some big stars in the past. They had some good big stars, you know, Cobb, Bullet Club members, you know, David Starr, you know, you had some big people on here even. You know, they, they're they a good watch or a solid watch. So if you're looking for some new wrestling, check them out. So before I kind of uh, hang it, I just kind of want to go down a list of white might be next. I, once again, was not planning on doing it this way. So I want to get out of show because I don't like lying to you guys. So it's out this way. But next Saturday, we're supposed to be having our first guest appearance. So there won't be a show of ours that week so um just want to give you a heads up on that because we want to you know give our attention to the podcast we're guessing with we'll uh, confirm that later i'm not going to say the podcast because i don't think they've announced it yet or if it's, it's not 100 confirmed yet so i don't want to say like this is happening it doesn't happen i'm not huge in that kind of stuff so i got that the following sunday which would be a uh, money in the bank same day as Money in the Bank, we are having our first professional wrestler guest if things fall through. So uh, we'll keep you on alert. So there will not be a Money in the Bank uh, review show unless things change. Because partly I haven't watched any live wrestling since Elimination Chamber. It's been kind of depressing for me. I've been watching a whole bunch of old shows. So if you're not seeing live tweets or NXT, AEW or Raw or anything, that's why. So we have that. And after the guest appearance and the possible rest, after the collab as us being guests on our show and put the possible wrestler being on, which is supposed to be a lock, but who knows? And if not, then money to bank review. The following week after that, we'll probably be doing the G1 from 2019 because I, you know, we're trying to get into New Japan and I heard it was a very solid, solid watch. So I look forward to covering that. We're going to cover the semifinals and the finals because <laughs> for what I'm hearing, the G1 is one long event. Now would be an episode a lot longer than any of us have time for. That would have to be a multiple-part episode. So there will be that. So that's three weeks out. And then fourth week out, we will be uh, hopefully doing a promotion called EWF, Empire Wrestling Federation's 23rd anniversary show from a while back. That they post on YouTube. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jesse Hernandez. Wanted to train pro wrestling school. And you know, he has a good promotion of a solid lot of wrestlers. So I kind of want to watch them. Give a review. And hopefully have you guys check them out. They're a family friendly show. You know. So there won't be anything bad happening. You know. Some great talent. And we you know. Once again. As another indie promotion. Kind of. Not. You know. Not being able to work. You know. If we can get any eyes on them. That would be great. So that will be up next. And Hopefully. To conclude and wrap things up, I we I've trying to set up a really cool introduction, so hopefully you guys won't have to hear the cringy it's time impersonations. Hopefully we have something cooler coming up. I will let you know on Twitter on that. And <laughs> sorry if my voice is sounding coarse. This is literally my second straight show, so about 80 minutes of saying the same exact trying to cover a whole show because I don't have a Sony Vegas, so. Hopefully I did good, guys. Um, I really appreciate if you listen. Give me some support because it's not easy. I you know, sympathize with anybody that's a single you know, content creator that only does it by himself because it's a lot of work, especially when it wasn't supposed to happen this way. So hopefully you guys you know, bear with me. If there's some errors, I apologize. You know, If you didn't like it, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully next week things will go better. And uh, 
I'm out. So hopefully next week we'll see you guys on our guest with our guest and you guys checking their show. And stay golden, my friends. Thanks, guys.